Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. And today we get to talk about the tight end position group as we continue our camp positional previews. So this will be uh, one of those positions that we've got a lot to dig in here as we had uh, some guys that are coming back, but also quite a few changes. Yeah, no doubt about that, Wags. And, uh, you know, uh, a guy that we've talked about that didn't really have a lot of impact last year due to injury, uh, but late in the season that came on pretty strong, I thought, was Jay Sternberger. Uh, they kind of asked him to play more of an H-back role when he came back. If folks remember, Danny Vitale uh, went down with an injury. So as the Packers uh, made the playoffs and, and started to progress in the, the late in the season and into those playoff games, uh, we saw Jace playing kind of that role. And, uh, you know, we had heard a lot about his receiving talent uh, coming out of college and, and less about his blocking. But I was really impressed by him. Uh, I thought that he showed uh, a lot of flexibility to be able to do what was asked of him. And then, of course, uh, one of the very few highlights from that 49er game was uh, Jason's touchdown in the, uh, in the back of the end zone there. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said about young Jay Sternberger, and I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, um, and it'll certainly be interesting to see if he's missing, how much time he misses here at the start of camp as he was put on the COVID-exempt list. So uh, it's going to be one of those things where he really uh, got some time at the end of the year, uh, did not register a, a catch, but um, I think – certainly figures to have a big role in the offense <laughs> this season. So um, with all of our access to, to camp practices pretty much shut out, um, any news that we get about Jace and how he's looking is going to be, you know, something to pay particularly close attention to uh, because we do need him to be ready to go and step up in a big way. Um, certainly we have, um, you know, some other guys here that we'll talk about. But um, there's not to put an extra pressure on him, but there's there's no doubt that the Packers are putting a, a lot, uh, you know, of eggs into the Jay Sternberger Jay Sternberger basket. So, um, Dane, let's just talk about a couple of these other guys. Then uh, Mercedes Lewis is kind of the old vet uh, on an, uh, this group, and he's coming back for another year. It seems like the Packers will probably just go year to year with with uh, Mercedes as long as he wants to keep playing. Um, I was really actually very pleased with what we saw from him last year, uh, particularly as an inline blocker. He didn't have a ton of receptions, but I, I figure he should be able to come back out this season and have a very similar role. Uh, so there's probably not a ton of things to be looking at from a preseason perspective or in camp, uh, but um, certainly uh, I think it will be interesting to see uh, how much of a role he has if he's able to uh, you know, stay within what he was the last couple of seasons 
or if the Packers are able to scale him back a little bit, depending on how much these young guys are ready to go uh, and he's only out there in certain packages, um, or if his role is going to expand. So, Dane, what are you looking for from Mercedes this season? Well, well, Wiggs, um, outside of maybe Aaron Jones, was there a player on the Packers' offense that benefited more from Coach LaFleur taking over uh, as head coach? I think back to Mercedes Lewis, his first year in Green Bay, and uh, I just thought was completely miscast by uh, Coach Mike McCarthy. And, um, you know, he wasn't utilized enough uh, in in the past game, but even as a blocker, I just don't think he played enough snaps. And then last season, Coach LaFleur, I I thought that it was no, it was absolutely no surprise and um, it, it was no coincidence either that uh, on a large number of those plays where Aaron Jones was able to break a good run or was able to, you know, slide around the edge uh, on, on a nice run play, uh, Mercedes Lewis was in the game for those plays. And I think that, um, you know, he, he brings this benefit of being almost like a sixth offensive lineman uh, in some respects. And his run blocking still wags is, is top of the league for a tight end. And he's just kind of an ageless wonder at this point, because, I mean, he's getting up there, but he, he has a knack for run blocking, and uh, Aaron Rodgers talked uh, ad nauseum really late last season about Mercedes' leadership skills and the qualities that he brings to the Packers' offense and overall to the team culture. So I think that really his impact on this team is twofold. You've got what he does on the field, and he, he continues to do well. He's not going to be a guy who's going to have 100-yard days for you, uh, but he's a big body with some pretty sure hands that can, you know, be a target as maybe the third or fourth option uh, on a given play that Rodgers will find once in a while. But also as a run blocker, you know, a lot of benefit. But then again, in the locker room, a lot of these younger guys, not only in the tight end position room, but across the board here on the team, I think look to Mercedes as a quality leader. Well, it's interesting to to think about, what Mercedes' role could be, because on the one hand, clearly they want to get some of these young guys going. Uh, so, and it starts with Jay Sternberger. But on the other hand, and I'm not throwing a wet blanket on this, but the reality is, is we've got a total of 25 receptions returning from the tight end position. Yeah. Uh, with uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis had 15 receptions last year, and uh, Tunyon had 10. So. Say what you will, uh, but this is not a position group that has a ton of experienced productivity in the pass game, at least. And certainly we know what we can get from Mercedes in the run blocking department. But it will be interesting to see if his role expands even a little bit further in the pass game than it did last year. Uh, as you mentioned, it, it, he got not heavily involved, certainly, when you look at those numbers. But compared to year one uh, under McCarthy, you're absolutely right. Uh, he was, uh, you know, not even visible uh, in year one, essentially, to last year, uh, getting quite a few snaps and actually getting the ball thrown his way uh, a number of times. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's got a big target. And I know Mercedes doesn't move as much as, as quickly as he used to, but I don't think uh, Aaron – uh, mind throwing the ball to, to Mercedes Lewis because there's a lot of uh, catch radius to work with. Uh, so if, if he can kind of get out in the flat on some design rollouts, uh, I think this this uh, old vet can still get the job done uh, for sure. So 
Dan, let's talk about another guy that's been with the Packers for a few seasons now and Robert Tunyon. Um, what do you think um, his role might be? Because it's been a little bit of a roller coaster from, from, from my perspective in that, you know, he was kind of a d- development guy um, and now he's been around a few seasons and hasn't quite put it all together. Do you think this is an opportunity to do that or is he going to have some of these other guys nipping at his heels? Yeah, I think that uh, he he's certainly not a sure thing this season, Wags. And I thought last year was really going to be an opportunity for him to have a breakout season. Uh, Jimmy Graham uh, had, at the time, you know, not really impressed in the season prior. And unfortunately for Big Bob, he, he uh, you know, succumbed to some injuries. And I just don't know if he ever felt completely entirely comfortable uh, last season when he was back on the field. I think it was pretty obvious uh, at least to me, that he was playing through some injuries. He kind of toughed it out, but, uh, you know, maybe not as productive, particularly in the past game, as I would have liked for him to be. Um, you know, one of the benefits he does have is um, looking across the board at some of the competition, and we'll talk about some of the other guys. Um, it's not like there's, uh, you know, a, a high-round draft pick that I think is going to be the guy to push him off the roster, and we'll talk about Jos- Josiah DeGuara in a little bit here, but I mean, they're not quite the same kind of guy, right? So um, I look at Tunyon as a guy who very well could make the team um, uh, coming out of camp, but I will say that I I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers are still maybe uh, monitoring the free agent market, monitoring uh, other cuts that are going to be happening between now and final cutdown day. Um, Tunyon's really going to have to show here in uh, in camp, I think, to really keep his job. And even then, it may not be enough if the Packers are intrigued by somebody else, either on their roster uh, or somebody who, um, you know, gets cut by a different team. It's interesting what Tunyon wants to be as a tight end. And I think he's kind of looks at himself as, as Jimmy Graham light and always trying to get out there as a receiver. And, and I'm not trying to read too much into this, but to me, his pathway would be to probably put on a little bit more weight, not be quite as much of a tweener. I mean, he's got the size, um, yeah. you know, it to, and then he could probably be a little bit more of an inline blocker, but he's not carrying a ton of, of weight on his frame. So I don't know if that hurts him at all from a blocking standpoint, but it would be interesting to see if we hear some stories about Tunyon uh, working a little bit of extra time, uh, perhaps with coach Butkus, uh, the uh, assistant offensive line coach uh, to try to, to, to really fine tune some of his opportunities uh, to get out on the field, because I think that's where it's going to have to start and end with Tunyon. I mean, at this point in, in this stage of his career, uh, if he's not able to prove that he can be a reliable blocker in the run game, I'm not sure how much longer the Packers are going to continue to invest in developing him. Uh, because, uh, as you said, he wasn't able to necessarily come all the way through and have that breakout uh, last season uh, from a pass-catching perspective. Uh, and it's easy to forget that uh, in this offense, these tight ends are going to have to block first, catch passes second. Yeah, no doubt about it, Legs. Um, and a guy that might be uh, nipping at him or at least battling for a roster spot is Evan Bayless. Uh, Evan's been on the club on and off for the last couple of years. He spent some time on the practice squad. Um, you know, was called up a couple times last season to the active roster. 
before uh, being released and, and brought back. But clearly the Packers like Evans' game enough uh, that they wanted to, um, you know, they, they've been able to keep him within the organization. And, um, you know, most of the time in the, the five games that he was up for the Packers in 2019, he was more of a special teams player, um, you know, making a couple tackles there on special teams. Um, but again, another guy, Wags, who I think uh, actually reminds me a little bit of Tunyon, maybe not quite as athletic, but uh, and maybe a bit more of a blocking tight end than a receiver. But um, I think that he and Tunyon seem to kind of project to be a similar kind of athlete and a similar kind of player in this Packer offense. It's so funny that you said that because I was just going to say that uh, to me, it's 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 Evan Bayless versus Robert Tunyon uh, yeah. could, is, is what it could very well come down to. And if, if if anything, I think Evan may have a little bit of an edge because of what you just mentioned, some of the versatility that he, ha- that he has in being a special teams contributor. Uh, plus, I actually thought that he was a little bit more fluid out there last year in the preseason than Tunyon was. Um, he impressed me uh, not only as a, uh, you know, a, a blocker uh, at the line of scrimmage, but he's got some pretty solid hands as well. He's never going to be someone that's going to go out there and be a number one tight end or a number one threat in your, your uh, pass offense. Uh, but I think he could potentially continue to develop. He's got um, a little less, um, uh, time in the, in the league in terms of service time. He's coming into his third season here. Uh, he spent, um, uh, his rookie season, uh, one game with the Houston Texans back in 2017. So, um, I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, as you said, uh, projects to probably be one of those, um, number three type tight ends. But if he's able to contribute in some other areas or come in situationally or in certain packages offensively, um, I think he also probably has a, a little bit more of an ability to slide around and play some H-back, uh, maybe in some short yardage situations. Uh, clearly a look that's going to be a heavy part of this uh, Coach LaFleur offense as we move forward. So um, I would, uh, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit more bullish on, on Evan Bayless at this point than I am on Robert Tunyon. Um, certainly we'll have to see uh, how things shake out in terms of how they perform out on the field. But uh, as of today, I would probably give Evan a slight, uh, very slight edge on Robert Tunyon if it does indeed come down to one of those two guys taking up a spot on the roster. Wags, can we talk about James Looney for a moment? Um, James Looney former seventh-round pick from the Packers, was a defensive lineman uh, out of Cal, actually dressed for a few games uh, for the Packers two seasons ago uh, after being activated from the practice squad. And, uh, you know, Looney actually played some defensive snaps. And then uh, last season, the Packers decided to go ahead and uh, have him transition to tight end. So completely different role, and you and I have not had a chance to really look at him because during uh, he, he was assigned to the practice squad last season, and uh, these guys aren't able to really talk to the media uh, if they're on the practice squad, uh, and you know so we haven't seen him at all as a tight end, and I know you and I were super super eager to see him in camp. That no longer is going to happen. But going from number ninety nine to number 49 is pretty jarring. And I just want to know what the Packers see in James Looney because 
You don't do that every day if you're the Packers or any NFL organization. They must really like this young man's attitude. And uh, I'm just curious to see, could he be a dark horse candidate to slide in there as maybe a number four tight end for the Packers is kind of a, a specialized blocking tight end that can maybe catch a pass here and there. Yeah, I really do not know exactly what the insight is. I would l- love to have a better idea of yeah. what this front office is doing and what the coaching staff is doing. And that that's I'm just fascinated because I, I – you said it. I actually really like James Looney uh, as a defensive lineman. He was a little bit, a little bit undersized uh, for that position. So perhaps we'll see if he's slimmed down just a, a tad as well coming into camp, and if he's in the you know 260 to 270 range, uh, down from maybe around 285 to 295 uh, as a defensive lineman. I'll tell you what. Um, if I'm James Looney, I'm just attaching myself to the hip of Mercedes Lewis and just doing everything I can to soak up and just mimic everything he's doing. Because uh, you look at the rest of this uh, roster, there aren't, you know, uh, yes, some of these other young guys are going to be learning the position and hopefully be able to uh, take care of those blocking responsibilities. But uh, this is a guy that is, uh, comfortable and is experienced with his hand in the dirt, uh, certainly on the other side of the football is a completely different animal. But um, you've got to figure that that's got to be playing into some of what, what the Packers are thinking here. But, you know, these roster spots, even on the practice squad, they don't give these out like candy. Um, I've, I've never right. seen this where they're actually moving a guy from a defensive position to not only changing position, but going to a completely different side of the football. Um, and at the NFL level, that just doesn't happen. So I, I don't know. I'm truly fascinated. I don't think we can expect anything from James Looney uh, necessarily, especially this season. But uh, there's, there's a story here, uh, no doubt about it. So um, I, I'll be interested to see if we get kind of a, you know, turning heads coming from nowhere type of story uh, where all of a sudden early on in camp, James Looney is making a splash uh, catching passes out of the backfield um, and nobody really understands what exactly is happening uh, because uh, he's a guy that um, is is certainly uh, very athletic. Um, I don't know what type type of hands he has. We don't have any tape. We don't have any precedent for this, folks. So, um, but all I'll say is I'm just truly fascinated uh, by the uh, Packers as an organization even trying this, um, you know, no matter how this experiment turns out, it's it's certainly very, very interesting. Uh, so there's got to be a, a number of reasons why they're doing this. It's not, no offense, Dane, you said he may have a great attitude. I'm sure he does have a great attitude. Uh, they wouldn't. But that that would not be the reason why they would give this kid a shot uh, to change positions. Uh, that's that, that doesn't hurt, but uh, that certainly wouldn't be the reason why. So um, there's got to be something there, and I'm going to be truly intrigued uh, to see what we are, are hearing coming out of camp. Hey, Wag. So you know, rounding out this group. Um, so I, I mean, and I'm curious. I think the Packers probably keep four tight ends this year is a guy who I think he's listed as a tight end, but uh, is going to be playing uh, more potentially that H-back role. 
Uh, Packers invested a, a high round draft pick, a third round draft pick in uh, Josiah Gregora out of Cincinnati. And um, I, I got to tell you, everything I've read about this guy so far, I think that he is going to become one of my favorite players on the Packers because he's just a guy who likes to play the game. He's a guy who does all those dirty little things that you're expecting a fullback to do. He's going to do the blocks. He's going to get nasty. He's a hard-hitting football player. Um, so tell me your thoughts on DeGuara, because he doesn't quite fit this role, I think, of some of the other tight ends. Uh, it's more of an H-back. doesn't have the, the height, certainly, of Mercedes Lewis. Uh, but everything I've read, he's got soft hands. He's going to be a sure target, and he's going to be a guy who's just going to go out there and help be a good team player for this Packer offense and make sure that the offense is humming. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've i got to say, I watch a, a, a lot of college football, but I didn't even realize uh, until recently that the University of Cincinnati is kind of like tight end you uh, over the last, you know, six, seven years, uh, because uh, that's, uh, that's uh, Travis Kelsey's alma mater, uh, yeah. and then – um uh, Josiah actually um uh, was only one of two tight ends in school history at the University of Cincinnati joining Brent Selleck uh, with over a thousand career receiving yards. So what I'm going to be really interested to see is how the coaching staff uh intends to utilize him. It seems to me that you're right on the nose with this one and I think they're going to try to a lot of times with tight ends you, you bring them in and it's really complicated in the first couple of seasons because they've got to spend time learning the blocking schemes with the O-line uh, as well as, you know, the routes with the receivers. That's a lot to put on a young player. So um, perhaps if this is a situation where they say, you know, you'll get the blocking. Uh, we're going to stick you out there to be a threat in the passing game right away. And and I, I think that's what they're going to probably try to do. They didn't draft him in the third round uh, to play the position he plays. He's not going to be someone that's at this point with his build. Uh, you wouldn't see lining up on the line of scrimmage too frequently anyway. So I, I think they're going to try to get him involved early and often as a pass receiver um, and in that H-back role who'll be able to – uh, slide in motion and, and be a lead blocker uh, in certain running situations as well, and, and as more of a fullback uh, coming out of a, a, a H-back role from behind the line of scrimmage. So um, it, I, I really am looking forward to seeing him as well. Between he and Jay Sternberger, there's a lot riding on these two guys uh, to be ready to contribute to this offense. Uh, certainly, uh, we mentioned some of these other guys that have been around a while, and, and, and Tunyon and uh, Mercedes Lewis would certainly expect to be part of the program, um, or an Evan Bayless. Uh, but none of those guys are necessarily, um, you know, even for the number of amount of time they've been on the team, uh, haven't necessarily contributed tons of snaps as well. So um, I, I think with four tight ends on the roster, uh, it, the other question is going to be what some of the you know, packages they have. Are they going to, uh, do a few more two running back for, uh, two running back, three wide receiver formations? I mean, so there's a lot of different things that, you know, this offense could be throwing at the opposing defenses. Uh, that's, uh, you know, with the second year now in, in Coach LaFour's program, you have to figure that the offensive, 
uh, groupings are going to expand a little bit and they're going to be able to work off of what they did last year as well. So I expect there to be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say complicity, but uh, there there should be a little bit more versatility in, in terms of what they're doing from a personnel standpoint and, and from a play calling standpoint in year two. Um, and uh, Josiah is certainly going to be a big part of being able to do that. Wags, yeah, you're knocked that out of the park, I think. Um, I was actually reading a quote, and I was pulling it up as you were talking about the versatility uh, of the offense in year two. So uh, quoting Coach LaFleur, he said that uh, – one of the things I was he was drawn to him about is uh, his versatility in that uh, they're basically going to be able to stay in the same personnel grouping, but line him up uh, at the line of scrimmage or in the wing alignment in the backfield. So um, the defense, right, when the Packers are huddling up, um, normally in this day and age, you're seeing if you go to a game, you're watching receivers on the field, off the field, and it's a different package every one or two plays. And what they're going to be able to do with uh, with Josiah is keep him on the field and really keep that defense guessing uh, what personnel grouping they're actually going to be working with, what the look is going to be once they break the huddle. Uh, so to your point, Wags, I think that uh, uh, Josiah in particular, I think, is really a draw for Coach LaFleur because you're going to not only have the physical end of it, but really that mental aspect of the game, it's going to keep the opposing defense on their toes just a little bit more. Yeah, and so I think the biggest key is going to be, you know, playbook familiarity. So um, what what steps were these guys able to take uh, in the off-season program to really study and learn the playbook so that they can hit the ground running because um, they don't have time to, to play catch-up. Um, they're going to have to be ready to go. Uh, if not, perhaps that's where we see a little bit more involvement uh, from Mercedes Lewis early on, uh, and then perhaps that gives uh, a backdoor opportunity for one or both an Evan Bayless uh, or a Robert Tunyon to, to stick around on the roster early in the season, and then we'll see how the roster evolves um, over the course of the season uh, or, you know, depending on the performance or the readiness uh, of both Sternberger and DeGora, as, as they're ready to go right away, uh, then perhaps we don't need uh, to, to see quite as many guys carried on the active roster. But I think the plan, really, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an extra tight end over what we had last year um, and we go with one less wide receiver. Uh, when we talked about the wide receiver group, in the last episode, I predicted five wide receivers. We've done six in the past. Um, I think they can stash a couple guys on the practice squad at the wide receiver group. Uh, and they, you might actually see um, one extra tight end over what they've done in past seasons. So you might even see five tight ends um, at making the active roster to start off the season. Well, Wags, I, um, uh, I, I'm eager to, to see this, and we're going to be scanning the reports. Uh, all camp long at the tight end in every other position. We we continue on with our previews. Uh, after this one, we still got the quarterback preview uh, left as well. And uh, and then you know we'll just be back on our regular podcast schedule, giving folks updates uh, on what's happening, the latest happenings in camp. Yeah, uh, hopefully we get some some more news to to run off of. There's been some yeah. small things trickling out so far, but we figured it wasn't really uh, enough to spend a lot of time talking about. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to still see quite a bit of activity 
in terms of um, acquisitions and, and movement uh, as they let let some guys go and, and add um, as we go forward these next few weeks. I think it's going to get uh, pretty hectic. So we're going to have to, you know, make sure we're staying uh, well attuned of, of <laughs> all of the uh, uh, moves uh, along, around the league as well as involving the Packers. Uh, so we'll have plenty of things to talk about from that perspective. No preseason games to break down and make predictions on some of these young guys, uh, but um, we'll uh, we'll snatch up any tidbit that we get, and hopefully these preseason positional previews will give all of y'all a little bit of a highlight of what what some of the things you should be listening for or looking for um, as we move forward in camp. Yeah, so all the more reason, you listeners out there, to come back to future podcasts because we're going to be consuming the news so you don't have to, and we're going to give you updates. Uh, and please, if you like what we're doing, um, uh, rate us uh, on uh, on iTunes and, and otherwise, and, and go to our Instagram and our Facebook page and our Twitter and like it and share it, and, and please share us with a friend as well. Uh, we really like doing this podcast. It's been an awful lot of fun. Yep. So thanks so much for joining us and go pack go. Go pack go.